you can't accept one thing and not the other. You know what I mean? Without, for example, without foreground, there wouldn't be a background. Without an on, there wouldn't be an off. There would, without ugly, there wouldn't be beauty. You have to accept both sides of it. That's, that's what I mean by like balance. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode six of Let's Talk About Life, presented by TLDR Podcast. Today's guest is Jeremiah McKibbins. He might be our most famous guest so far in our very short tenure of six episodes, but still, it's really cool to see. He's a football player turned actor. It's a really fun story to hear. Uh, he almost put, made it to the pros. He got looks from the Cardinals, the Titans, and the Eagles. That ultimately wasn't the plan for him in life. He uh, became an actor. And you've seen him on big TV shows, you know? You've seen him on HBO's Euphoria. He's in that. And his acting career is just taking off. So this is a really fun story to hear about. In this episode, you get to hear a lot about what he's learned throughout his life, what football has taught him. He talks a lot about football. So he, he had a couple of injuries that he'd gone through. And he talks about the recovery of that and what that taught him. And he talks about what he's learned through acting and how being an actor teaches you a lot about gratitude and how to value yourself. Jeremiah talks in depth about self-worth and what he's found about himself and what he's learned to make himself a better actor and a better human being. And just to paint a really full picture for what we have in store and who Jeremiah is, I just want to talk about his football records at Chapman, which he holds a bunch of all-time records that have not yet been broken. But he holds the record for yards gained in a career with 3,249, yards rushing in a game with 265, most average rushing yards per game with 148.8, most rushing touchdowns in a game with 5, and most rushing touchdowns in a season with 19. So to say he was good is an understatement, and the fact of the matter is he was getting looks from pro teams. Um, but from that, he goes on to stuff like Euphoria. And so this is going to be a really fun podcast to listen to. Hope you guys learned some stuff. It was fun to talk to him. Without further ado, Jeremiah McKibbins. Jeremiah McKibbins. I'm really glad to have you on, man. How are you doing today? I am, I'm good. Just got back from the gym. Full body. First time I've ever done full body in my life. And this is, it's it's rough. I've never done full body before. It's, I'm tired. Never, ever? Seriously? Yeah, I've never done a full body, like, workout, like, regiment, you know? Does that make sense? No, explain. <laughs> so, like, for example, okay, now I think about it, when I was in college, sure, you did upper, I mean, you did the bench, and then, like, you do some cleans and stuff like that. So, I, essentially, that's full body. Um, so, maybe I haven't done full body since college. It's more so the, the, the typical bro split where it's, like, chest day, you know, leg day, that whole thing. Then from there, I went from like push, pull legs. So, but I've never actually went back to like full body, you know, it's been a minute and I'm tired. Oh yeah, I bet, man. I mean, it's like 11 o'clock. So you must've got up early to do this. Oh yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> I, I usually get up at around like five, 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. I wouldn't say I just got yeah, back. Just... I've been back for a while, but yeah. Is that like an everyday thing for you? Just 5 a.m. every single day just to get your day started rolling? Yeah, I definitely – I prefer to get up early in the morning just so, like, everything that I need to get done, I can get it done early. I'll be done around 1 or 2, and then I have the rest of the day to just do whatever I want. You know what I mean? And also, mm -hmm. it's quieter in the morning. Um, I used to think there was less people at the gym, but that's not even a thing anymore because of COVID. So, um 
but uh, uh yeah it's i like it 5 a.m 5 30 a.m it's not, it's not even a big deal anymore i had to work up to it like don't don't get it twisted like i had to work up to it but once you once you get it down it's just once you turn it into a habit it's not a big deal when did you start that uh i want to say last summer Oh, so it's it's new. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fairly new. It's not something I've always been doing because I used to be the nine, ten a.m. you know typical person. You know, this is normal, mm-hmm. and I hated going to bed. Um, used to go to bed late, wake up late, you know that kind of thing. Now it's like I get to go to bed early and wake up early. Like I'm I'm in bed by like nine p.m. and I'm like by ten I'm out. So it's wow. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. old man said it's over here man <laughs> i know that's what everyone keeps telling me You're like yo he's like, hey man you turn into a grandpa i was like yeah but my workouts and shit so it's all good yeah i mean you got a busy schedule and you've done a lot of it for your entire life yeah um, i kind of want to dive into like your life story though so don't take this the wrong way but okay. when people think about jeremiah mckibbins they think football yeah, right. Absolutely. That's that's how you were kind of defined for your entire life so far. And now you're an actor, which is so crazy. So that transition is must have been ridiculous. Yes. Um, but I want to start with why football? Football. Um, honestly, it started with my dad. He's the my my parents. They both football, both football fans. My dad is much more into football. Um, so he from throughout my football career. He's definitely been the, um, I don't want to say primary, but he's been the most influential in it. Not saying my mom wasn't, because my mom also coached uh, Pop Warner as well. But um, uh, definitely my dad. And it was just something that um, they told me when I was a kid. They they should just give me, they gave me a football and I would just run around. And then for my dad, that was like the, oh yeah, he's going to be playing football kind of thing. And, and as a kid, I mean, your parents, you kind of just push you into certain things, not really knowing myself if I really want to do it or not. I just do it because my parents told me to do it. And then I just stuck with it. And it's been a, uh, yeah, I've learned so many great things from it, developed so many great relationships, uh, developed a lot of great skills that is easily, that can be applicable to literally everything you do, even when I transitioned into acting. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's how football started. And to be, honest with you um i want to say so coming out of high school i went to crespi carmelite high school um at the time it was um i think we dog we played the year before like so i want to say my junior year we played long beach poly in the championship and we lost that game and um uh, we lost it by i don't know like 10 10 13 points something like that but um coming going into my senior year um i was on like that watch list thing right for running back and um so i had different colleges that were interested not not a lot of big ones so i'm not even gonna like brag or make up some bs lie about it uh but like uc davis was interested um uh there was like like ucla was interested i mean it was a big big time colleges um washington was interested washington state was so a lot of the pac-12 schools um or no more at the time pac-10 schools but the legit only school that really gave me a shot was West Point Academy. And from West Point, that is a whole nother thing too, because you have to pass a lot of different like 
just things you have to do, yeah, criteria that you have to pass. It's like the physical, you have to have um, obviously the grades, that's typical, but you also need, need letters from like representatives. You need all these like little things to build a um, like application and pack it and then they accept you or not. So that school is the only one that actually gave me the opportunity, uh, they gave me a shot. Uh, but the summer before I was supposed to leave, I received a letter saying that uh, you did not get into, you wasn't admitted into West Point because you have asthma, right? So I have, so I had asthma. So that was like, for me, that, that was a big deal for me. Obviously a big deal for a family was like, well, shit, like what, you know, I've been waiting for six months or I don't know how many months I've denied everyone that was interested, all these uh, opportunities and scholarships I could have taken, but I got denied. So now what's, what's next? At that moment, I was like, I'm done with football. Like it's, it's all politics. It's, it's all like, I'm, I'm just done. I'm just going to transfer back, go to uh, JUCO and transfer to UCLA, get my degree and just live that life. Like, I'm just done. I can't, I just, the, the love for football is gone. Like at that moment, it was just, I was done. I went to Mount Sac um, and went there for a semester where I didn't play any football, just went there just for school, um, strictly school. And then my mom's friend, uh, mentioned Chapman and that I've never, I've never heard Chapman in my life. The only D3 school I've heard was, I don't know why I even did this, but the only D3 school I heard was Occidental and Cal Lutheran. And, um, I'd also applied to Cal Lutheran, uh, Cal Poly Pomona, uh, just, just, just to go to school. They're not even for football. Um, I applied there didn't hear back from me. I didn't hear back from Cal Lutheran, which is fine. Um, Cause I don't want Cal Lutheran anyway. Uh, but Cal Poly Pomona, they said I didn't get in, which is fine. There's no, no big deal. But anyway, my friends, um, my mom's friend mentioned Cal um, Chapman that he knows the head coach there and blah, blah, blah. Maybe a good opportunity for you to just go to school there. And also if you're still interested, play some football. So okay. So um, I go to visit Chapman. And I meet with uh, Coach White, who, who at the time he was, he was a coach there, obviously. Um, coach White. And he took me around. Nice dude. I was like, this, this is nice. Campus is nice. People are pretty nice. Like, it's just chill. And um, I was like, hey, why not? I mean, it's, I'm so iffy about it. No. I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's something I want to do. It's D3, whatever kind of thing. So then I get a call maybe about a day. I don't know the timeline, but maybe a day, a week within that, within a week and pick up the phone. It was like, hi, it's, it's Bob Owens at Chapman. Hey, I heard you want to play some football. <laughs> I was like, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> Let's listen. Like I, and we had a conversation like, you know, like if you don't have to play football, like you can just come on by get a good education if it's something that you want to do you can do it if you don't then you don't it, that's what it is big boy that's like, all right coach um i'll give it a shot right so that's how i pretty much got to chapman um and then from there i guess i want to say shit i mean i might as well just go through the whole chapman journey so um first year uh, i haven't played football in about a year since Toledo, because I, like I said, I was done. I haven't played football in a year. So coming into camp, out of shape, completely just, I was out of shape, man. Um, fuck, I was out of shape. 
Uh, and we have to do the, the Chapman Mile. You, I'm sure you heard of the Chapman Mile, 1700s in a specific time uh, after practice. And um, no, I didn't make it. I, I, was, I was at least off by like, I want to say 30, 45 seconds. I didn't make it. I was one of the ones that didn't make it. And completely huffing and puffing. And I didn't throw up, thank God. But um, did that. Um, and then um, season come around, maybe second or third game of the season, I sprained high ankle sprain, my right ankle, right? Took me out the pretty much the entire year. So over about six or seven weeks, but I just opted out, just just, just take me out the year, right? So that during that time, uh, one, it was very difficult because of the fact that I'm watching. Like, I, I, there's nothing that I can do. I can't really assist anything. I can't make the team better in a game. Sure, like people say, like, you know, stick around, be a team leader. And I, that, that's cool. Like, I get that, that. In terms that work, but I can't make a play. I can't make that block. I can't get that yard. I can't get that touchdown. You know what I mean? I don't. I didn't feel like that. I was a part of the team, even though I was. You know what I mean? So, year goes by. Worked my ass off during the spring. Come back next season. We have a great season. We. I. I personally had a great season. Um, team had a great season. We ended up losing to Cal Lutheran in the championship, and I despise Cal Lutheran, not because of their wins or their loss or anything of that nature. It's just the fact that when we play Redlands, I know we're, it's, it's, it's going to be a dog fight. I know I'm going to walk away in pain. I know I'm going to walk away sore. Cal Lutheran talk most shit. They talk so much shit, but they, they just did not back it up at all. At all. That's, that's, Oh my God, because I remember going into that championship game thinking that they were world beaters and we play them. And I'm like, yo, this is not, this is not what I thought this team was. Sure. We lost. I get that. Hey, we is what it is. We lost, but I expected this to be like a higher level team that we're going to be playing. So anyway, don't like Cal Lutheran, right? Season, uh, not season game ends. Uh, Maybe about, I think, think right after the game dad gives me a call he's like hey um i just want to let you know that um um, i didn't want to talk to you during the season because i wanted you to be you know focused on what you're doing but there is a d1 school that's highly interested in you and they're willing to offer you a scholarship they've been watching you pretty much all season and they want to offer you a d1 scholarship and at that time um and i told my dad i replied as i look this is the only team there's only a group of people that's actually giving me a shot everybody else never gave me a shot even coming out of high school like people didn't didn't, didn't really only one person west point gave me that opportunity and gave me a shot it's like I, know, I didn't say like i owe this to them but like i like this where i'm at this seems right and i i'm gonna have to respect uh, respectfully decline that offer granted possibly that could have ruined my uh altered maybe if i would have taken that opportunity I could be playing in the NFL now uh, because it's D1. Um, but at that time, it was the right decision for me to make, you know. So denied that. Going to next season, um, summer camp, uh, during the summer, we, I went to Florida and trained with this guy named Tom Shaw. Tom Shaw, he's trained a lot of professional athletes, and that's, that's his – in Florida, that's his thing. Um, so I got a chance to play with a few Steelers or play train with a few Steelers. One of them, Ike Taylor, talks more shit than anybody else. 
so much. <laughs> he talks so much shit, but it was fun. And he was a good dude. Uh, Vince Williams, who still plays for the Steelers. And this linebacker, I forgot his name. Um, I think he's from short Georgia. All good people. And then on top of that, other um, professional athletes, um, Olympics, uh, Olympians. You know, it was really dope. So it gave me during it, I was that was the hardest working summer I've ever had in my life. I've never ran so much in my life, uh, but I came out of that in shape. And then also I had the understanding of like this is what it takes to be to play at that at this level to be great to be you know what I mean so I had that in the back of my mind and I took that with me pretty much for even still today like you have to go that extra mile you have to do that extra lap that extra sprint it was rough and it was hot shit and thick (laughs) and like just hey if anyone's ever been to Florida dog hey it's hot and humid throughout the day then it rains right then it rains for like 30 minutes after it rains it gets more humid and all these fucking bugs come out of nowhere so like bugs are like sticking to you as you're running and like there'd be times where like we're outside running and like there's like a a, a, i don't know i want to say a dragonfly is just sitting on my arm because he can't get off you know it's just like that it's it's just so thick and whatever right so anyway um now fly back come back now it's a a, a camp now we're in camp right First day of practice, or maybe it was the third day of practice. I don't remember. First, the second, third day of practice, whatever. I mean, I want to say maybe about 20 minutes into the practice, this guy named Josh Irvin tears his ACL, right? Tears his ACL. I didn't really hear about it until later. Then a half hour later, I tear my ACL. Completely breaking my, break my, like, I had the best summer of my life, came in in shape running um i was 205 just in shape just solid tear my fucking acl it's like what it was like what like what the hell's going on you know why does this again it goes why did this happen to me kind of thing and i remember me tearing it and i remember the best sound that i can think of if you put your fists together and then you like you you push them together and then you move them that sound that's what it sounded like when i tore it and it didn't really it didn't hurt at all. That, that's the thing. It was just a burning sensation. Then it just it dissipates and it just goes. But I remember me tearing it and then me screaming at the top of my lungs because not because I was in pain, because I was so upset of everything that I just went through with the, with, uh, with with the summer and the training going in with a positive mindset. Um, and I fucking tear my ACL. It broke my heart. Right. And so I remember Pam and somebody else, I don't know who else, I think it was a football player, picked me up or helped me up off to the side. And Pam is checking it. And I remember me just laying, just tearing up. And I was like, I already knew it, but I needed her to confirm. I was like, Pam, did is it did I tear it? And I see like a tear coming down her eyes. She's like, yeah, you tore it. Like you tore it. And then Josh Irvin tore, uh, tore his. Fuck. I just boo-hoo. Tears going down. I was so upset. And uh, during that entire, that whole year was by far like one of the most difficult years because of just the, just to have that mentality of you are invincible. Like you, nothing can be, nothing can touch you. You know, the athlete mentality where I can do anything anytime I want. If I wanted to go run, I can go run to not that 
and I have to ask permission in order for me to actually go run. Can I go do this? Am I allowed to go do this? Can I drive? You know, uh, can I, you know, do all this other stuff? Oh, sure. Who's going with you? It's like, fuck, I don't want to, I just want to get up and just go to places. So the three months that of, um, um, actually, I don't remember how long, but um, maybe three months, just me, uh, you know, the process of um, reducing inflammation um, in the knee so you can get certain, you know, that uh, the whole process. Um, surgery that day, uh, Josh also got his surgery before me. Um, going in, I'm pretty sure I woke up during the surgery too. Um, oh, that is sketchy. Yeah. And then I went back to sleep. Um, but it was just like, as I remember, me open my eyes and then close them and that was it. Right. So then, um, so then the next thing I remember is me laying in bed and the doctor is like, Hey, Jeremiah, it's time. Do you gotta, it's time to go. Do you gotta get up? Right. And I remember me waking up and from what everyone told me, I remember waking up, but I don't remember anything between me waking up or moments after I woke up in the drive home, which is, I want to say like span of an hour. Right. I don't remember shit. I don't remember shit. Right. So, but everyone, my parents told me, they're like, you woke up, you first asked about Josh, see how he was doing, if he was okay. And then you uh, asked them um, like how the surgery went or whatever. And you just went on to this full on lovey dovey mode where you just told everybody in the office, in the hospital, everyone that you, we, we walked by, you told them that I love you. Thank you for saving my career. I, I appreciate everyone. Um, and then I, then I picked up my phone, I'm not going to go into this, picked up my phone, ended up sending a risky text and it was just really, just a really bad situation. This is bad. Right. And I remember me waking up in pain. I mean, it wasn't like too much in pain, but the block was still on from what I, I believe, um, woke up, um, kind of in and out of sleep. And then the first night the block wore off and I had a dream about me running and my, and I, I jerked my leg, like I was running. And I remember me screaming at the top of my lungs, like at middle of the night, just in pain because I just, you know, cause of that damn dream. Right. And I want to say that that was probably the lowest point. One of the lowest points of my life, just laying in bed, just knowing that I can't do anything and that I have to, um, uh, again, ask for permission from everyone, but also just like going on social media, seeing everyone else having fun, having a good time. And I'm just laying in bed or I'm sorry, laying on a couch with the, the with ice and machine and whatever. Quiet. Sure. Uh, my parents worked as well. So there'd be days where I, I was alone. Um, I think out of that, uh, I've actually never told this to people, but out of that, probably the most, again, embarrassing moment was taking my first shower that is like. Because one, the shower was upstairs and I was downstairs. Uh, me getting upstairs was an issue. And then my parents helping me undress just so I can take a shower. That was a very, very embarrassing moment because like, I just felt so helpless. It was just like, fuck, man. Like, I, I, just, I just feel, I think that was probably the first time I've ever experienced like depression just because of the I just felt so worthless and hope, hope at, the, at that time. Um, but, uh, and then all in all, uh, but anyway, the, the recovery of that was 
was difficult. There were some really good days. There were really good days where I felt like I could, I don't, don't want to say um, where I feel like I can do anything, but it just felt really good where I can just do everything normally and to an extent. And there were really bad days where I just didn't want to do anything because it just hurt so much. Um, and I was the, the day that I was even when they even said like, Hey, like you can start walking or it's kind of like trotting or jogging around. I was super happy. That was that alone. First of all, I don't even like cardio in general, but just me being able to do cardio, you know, got me super excited. Um, so fast forward, I fast forward to the day I go in and um, speak to the doctor to see if I'm cleared to play. He cleared me, went to my car, fucking just boohoo, just started crying. Cause I was just so happy. Like it's just been such a long year. And I just, I just felt like I felt like I accomplished a lot, both mentally and physically and emotionally, because it was, it was a lot. And I think anybody who has endured some sort of, um, um, experience like that, some sort of injury or traumatic experience, it's just like you feel, I felt like a stronger person after it. Like coming out of that mentally, physically, emotionally, I was a stronger person just because I endured quite a bit. And it was also my own personal stuff that I have to deal with throughout that entire year as well. So um, sophomore year, oh, that was sophomore year. Next year, playing with it, uh, had a great year. We won that Sky Championship. Probably the, my favorite game is playing against Redlands at Redlands on the, pretty much the championship game. Again, mentality going into it, not only is it a championship game, but I know it's going to be a fight, right? So <sighs> halftime, we're down halftime. And I remember me sitting in the locker room. I don't know how, I don't remember how much we were down, but I remember me sitting in the locker room and just looking around at everyone. And I'm like, we're going to be good we're fine. Like, I'm not even, this is not even a, I'm not worried at all. And I think most people felt the same way. That's what, it was a very special team. Uh, most people felt the same way. It's like, I'm not worried at all. Right out the gate, next play, I take it 60, 70 yards, touchdown, change the, change the entire outcome of the game. Um, we end up winning. Um, bad blood. There's some fights. I've definitely, hey, if anyone and then piles, it gets dirty. It gets real dirty in the piles for sure. In terms of like, you get five or six people hitting you, and there's just a big pile on the field. You know, it gets pretty dirty. I've, I'm be honest, I've, I've choked some people. I've, um, I've punched someone in the throat. Um, because, and I've got people have fuck, fucking punched me, choked me, twisted my nuts, which made me choked the shit out that guy um i remember what i remember what team it was too um but it gets super dirty um in rivalry game so there's a lot of a lot of this wwe stuff going on so um now moving forward to my senior year um senior year coming off championship year um a lot it was, I felt like there was a lot of pressure for the next team to pretty much continue on what we what we did do, uh, what we did the previous year. Um, very difficult year for me because, and I don't, it's about me. Um, very difficult year for me because that year um, I lost my, started off, lost our dog, right? Um, uh, yeah, lost our dog. 
then from there lost two grandparents. So going to those funerals was, was tough. And then there was this kid named Ben Teach, who was this child um, who died of cancer. And going to that funeral was difficult. That, a, that, that was hard. Be- part of it's because, one, there was, there was a ton of people. It was like over, I want to say it was like 100 plus people there. But also just watching the kids. Like some of them knew what was going on and others didn't. And, but just hearing them talk about it you know, asking her mommy and daddy, hey, where's Ben? What's wrong? You know, and some kids are crying. Some other, it was really deep. Um, going to that. And then uh, Dan Steele passing away. That's another one. Um, and then my grandmother also passed away that same year as well. And then on top of that, they, my Dan Steele and my grandmother had a funeral the same day. So I only could go to my grandmother's funeral. So it was just a wave of different emotions just going throughout the years. Like every time I felt like I was able to stand up, I, you know, I just felt like I punched in the face, stand up again, boom, another punch in the face. And that's when I felt like, again, that, that, that spiral of like, um, I guess the, and then on top of that, our season wasn't going as well. I think probably the most hurt out of that entire season was losing the homecoming game. Uh, because one, we, we're not supposed to, we weren't, we shouldn't have lost that game. That's point blank. We shouldn't have lost that game. Um, and then just me sitting in the locker room, I sat in the locker room for at least two, I want to say two and a half hours, played uh, Bob Marley. Um, and I just sat there with my pads on, just in pain, both physically and emotionally. It's like I'm questioning myself and my leadership. And did I, and did I did what I was supposed to do? Why are we heading in this direction? Just going so many different just thoughts going into my head. But most, again, I was emotionally just in pain, just like just upset, sad, just different things. Um, and so made a lot of st- stupid mistakes that year. Uh, I'm, I'm the first guy to tell you I'm not perfect, never will be perfect, um, but made a lot of very just dumb, just dumb mistakes um, because I, I needed to, I wanted some sort of substance. I wanted to, to feel something, you know, so uh, so that was a really difficult year. And then from there, coming out of it, now we're transitioning on to uh, me trying out for pro ball in the NFL and CFL. Uh, got an agent uh, for the first year, pretty much was trying mainly for NFL. Um, I didn't, wasn't given the, op- that's, the, that's another part that broke my heart. But if anything, like I went through all of this, you know, my entire life, football, overcoming obstacles, proving people wrong working my ass off you know I was that kid that slept with a football in bed that that was me you know what I mean that was I was that story had dreams to go to uh, d1 college didn't get the opportunity dreams to play in the NFL didn't get the opportunity yeah didn't get the opportunity so with the NFL tryouts had different teams that were interested uh, the Cardinals were interested for a minute um, the Titans were interested till they got picked up somebody else that uh, they wanted bigger backs. Uh, the Eagles were interested, which fucking broke my heart too because um, I could, I think they were basing it in t- solely on Darren Sproles, uh, whether or not if he still had it or not. And so that, from what I was told, that they just wanted to take the risk on someone who's been there before, and as opposed to someone who's played D three. I 
whatever. I get that. No big deal. Um, so I had interest, but no one wanted to pull the trigger. No one really wanted to take that, that chance, which I, I'm not get it, but also it still it sucks. But, um, in the next year, CFL, um, uh, same thing, different tryouts, similar situations. Um, and then from there I told him, okay, I'm sorry. When I got out of college, I told myself, like, look, you got two years to do this. You're 24, 25. Nobody's going to want a 26, 27 year old running back. They're going to want someone younger running backs don't last long on average um, in the league five, five to six years, usually it's before the age of 30. So it's just like, there's a lot of things that went against you. You got two years to do this, right? Never forgot that two years, two years came, nothing happened. I was like, it's time. This is, um, this is, this is, it's time. This is it. This is something that you, you promised yourself you're going to do and you're going to hold up to it. And I think that day that I decided, it took me like three, I want to say three to four months to truly get past it and get over it. Um, that three to four months, it was that, that was, that day was probably one of the hardest days because my identity, like what you said earlier, my identity was being an athlete. My identity was football player. Everything that I did, lived, drink, everything was for football. Now that it's done, there's this big ass gap that I got to fill. Like who, who is identity crisis kind of thing? Who am I? Who is Jeremiah? You know, and then going through that and figuring that out has always been a, that, that was a challenge. So from there, got a um, sales uh, job, um, worked there for outside sales or in sales, just go sales, um, worked there for three, four, I know, like four to five months, got laid off, which I was perfectly fine with because um, me and the boss, uh, my boss at the time, he knew like he knew that I didn't want to be there. He asked me, I mean, the first thing he said coming in, he was like, well, we both knew this was going to happen. Right. And I stopped and I thought about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, we both did know. He's like, look, you're a great kid. You come in early and you leave late, you work hard, but I know you don't want to be here. Like you, you don't want to be here. So go off and do what you want to do. You're young, you're a good looking kid, go do what you want to do. So, um, yeah. And then, left it was a very mutual thing i'm glad he did it because i would have stayed my idea going into it was hey two years into work um decide get the experience use it as a stepping stone move on doing something else and kind of go from there so that was kind of like the before i got into acting got it was, yeah that's a long football journey man that's crazy yeah, i didn't i didn't get into high school <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure high school career was insane wasn't it <laughs> good times uh, a couple questions based off that though um you did have a lot of hardship that you encountered like you mentioned like your senior season all the people who had passed away all the people you were playing for and all mm -hmm. the injuries that you uh, that you had over the years mm -hmm. what motivated you to get through those like how did you face that adversity to get out on top what did you think about what did you work for that's tough because to be honest with you, i don't think i had something specific I wanted to work for. It was just more so just me waking up and just taking it day by I think it was just taking it day by day with everything um, because I didn't really tell anybody. I kept everything to myself. I didn't want to be a burden to everyone. I didn't want people to uh, 
pity me or feel sorry for me because I, I just per, I just don't like that shit at all. Like, just don't don't feel sorry for me. I'm good, you know, um, but it's um, and then just to show up every day with a smile on your face, acting like nothing's wrong when something is. And that was like my first again, my first real experience in what depression is and what and how much that can take a toll on you. So now, like when you see now, when I see like celebrities and some of them who not saying I wanted to commit suicide or anything of that nature, but understand like Robin Williams, like from what people have said, like he's always been a happy guy, just smiling all the time. You know, he's a great actor. He does great things, phenomenal things. But I mean, but you never you never really know, you know, deep down inside. So the motivation, I think um, I didn't really understand gratitude till maybe like maybe like a year two years ago um and really understanding what that meant and truly embracing that um but at that time it was i don't know it was just taking it just day by day there's no straight up there's no like real motivation at all to it if you could go back in time you said that you don't like to tell people what's going on in your life you like to keep mm-hmm. it all in mm-hmm. and that like going looking back and seeing how 2020 it is and how that sharing with others mm-hmm. can actually take some of that pressure off would you go mm-hmm. back and change that and tell others and explain um, to them how you're feeling yes i would um i don't i'm a very private person uh what i do is i mean plain and simple it's not it's simply nobody else's business which is part of the reason why i hate social media because i just don't <laughs> like telling people what i'm doing um but um i would because it is healthy. I do, I have found value now of speaking, just, just having someone just listen. They don't have to solve anything. They don't have to be a solution. It's just giving me the opportunity to express myself uh, and sharing someone like, hey, I'm not doing well. Uh, just please be there to listen. It would make me feel better. So definitely now, um, I would definitely talk to someone about it um it would be still be difficult for me i mean it's still difficult now um i just i think now it's easier for me to not only open up to people but also manage my own self and my own emotions and 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 how i feel like i i'm very aware with how i feel and i think that's a very valuable thing everyone could learn and it takes a while it takes it takes a minute but um just like with anything if you keep practicing and you can master you can master anything if you keep practicing so but yeah do you do that now though like you said it's hard so what steps do you take in order to express yourself to others um usually it one it depends on the person because not everyone um it's it's sad i'm sure you can relate to some extent not everyone is your friend you know what i mean Uh, i know it's plain it's 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 a very simple idea but not all your friends are your friends. You know what I mean? Not all your friends are, um, not all your friends want to see you win. And some enjoy the fact that you're not winning. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's fucked up, but that's just what it is. So I'm very picky who I talk to. I'm not saying that the people I haven't talked to about my problems, that they're just not, um, I just don't, not, not that I don't trust them or anything, just sometimes whoever's available, whoever's around at the time. Uh, but, how I would do it, it's say, hey, uh, how I do it's like, hey, um, I'm having a tough time. Like, I'm just, things aren't working out for me right now. Can you be there? Can you listen? Um, I just need someone to talk to. That's how I started. 
You know what I mean? And sure, again, not everyone is not only from an available time available, but also emotionally and mentally available for you, for them to listen to what you have to say, because on that's their end as well. That's, that's, that's the thing too. It's like, I'm available to talk, but it doesn't mean someone's available to listen. So that's why asking for permission or asking them, Hey, are you available? So da, 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 da. you know what I mean? It makes it a lot mm-hmm. easier for both parties to understand that person be like, Hey, I'm not in that space right now. Give me an hour and I'll give you a call back. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. I'll give you a call. Simple. Wow. You have down to a science, man. That's, that's good. Yeah. Uh, earlier you had mentioned that once football was over and your career was done, like completely over, you had a hard time realizing who you were. Who is Jeremiah? Mm-hmm. Since that time, it's been a couple of years. What have you found out about yourself? Who are you now? Oh, shit. Um, a lot more empathetic than I was now than I was then. Um, a lot more understanding, a lot more... Um, I know a hell of a lot about myself now than I ever did. Like I I've, I've grown to, I've always loved myself, but again, it's, it's, there's a lot of personal work that people should go through. You know what I mean? Like, and this, honestly, this is a great time during quarantine for people to do it. Like it's maybe not, maybe not, it's not as locked downy um, as it was before, but um, it's a great time for people to really, understand who they are and being aware of how they feel and everything. And it takes time. And it really just starts with you just shut up, shutting up and listen, like not only with other people, but also learning just how to be empathetic to yourself and understanding that it's okay for you to feel that way. It's okay for you to be upset. It's okay for you to be sad because of this. It's fine. You're a human being. You know what I mean? Like, I think once people understand and learn how to like really truly be honest with themselves life is just so much easier so much easier and your relationships will be a lot more um uh, genuine and it's just i don't know i can't really go past that but it's just like it's just more genuine I, i believe that everything works from within you back out you know so um i think for me it's just personally I just know who I am. I know what I want. I know my own value and who I am. You know what I mean? I know, I, just, I know myself, you know, and I love also I've grown to love myself a hell of a lot more. I know it's very cliche, but who's going to love you if you don't love yourself? You know, who's going to respect you if you don't respect yourself? These, these are simple, super, super simple things that are often deemed as cliche, but it's true. You tell people how they should love you. You don't have to say it. It's just how you treat yourself, you know? Um, yeah, I think for me, that was like my biggest, that was the biggest thing. I guess, I, in a way, I kind of didn't really answer your question, who I am. Um, it's just I've learned, I'm just a lot more aware of myself. And because I'm aware of myself, I'm a lot more aware of other people and how they feel as well. Yeah, that makes total sense. What was your first step into personal introspection, trying to figure out who you were? Um, it started with, I want to say, it started with relationships. Um, I started to under to really, instead of me putting the blame on other people, I really started to ask, I was like, okay, all these problems, all these issues, what is the common denominator in all of it? Um, me. I'm the common denominator. What? Okay, great. 
what am I doing that's causing the same result from these different relationships to happen? And you have to be completely honest and just brutally honest with yourself. Uh, for someone, it could be, you know, I'm just, I just don't care. I just don't care to communicate with people. That's why it, things aren't. Okay, that's good. Now from there, work from within that. Okay, why don't I like communicating with people? And just really breaking it down. And if you keep doing it, if you're patient enough, you'll find an answer. You know, you, we often, and all the sad part is, but also the, the, the blessing of it, we often know the answers to our own questions but we ask other people to validate it. You know what I mean? But we know why we don't like certain things. We know why we don't do certain things. Um, but we ask, we try to ask somebody else, like just to validate your reasoning or something like it, you, just somewhere on that lines. But um, yeah, I think I answered your question. Maybe I didn't. You did. Yeah, you did. You're doing a really good job with this, man. <laughs> yeah, good. I mean, yeah. I told you, I've been waiting. I've been locked down, waiting to talk to people. <laughs> hey that's so, that's that's something because earlier you said that you didn't like to share and now no. you're sitting here like oh dude i want to tell people about my life i want to tell yeah, people how i feel yeah yeah I, I don't care anymore like i mean I, I do care i just also don't care how people feel about me either so it's you, you I, again i've grown to learn and understand that as well so yeah it's a huge plus man it's mm-hmm. like like you mentioned earlier you got to love yourself first and absolutely with that with that comes being able to not care what other people think because what yeah. other people think doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's just what mm-hmm. you think of yourself. And that's how goodness comes about and how mm-hmm. joy comes about because yep. other people aren't going to make you happy. You nope. are. Exactly. That's you hit it right on, right, right on the button. Um, hey man, I just took it from you. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's, I also believe in uh, life is a balance as well. And that without, in terms of like, you can't, except one thing and not the other, you know what I mean? Without, for example, without foreground, there wouldn't be a background without an on, there wouldn't be an off. There would, without ugly, there wouldn't be beauty. You have to accept both sides of it. That's, that's what I mean by like balance. So if you are, I don't know if you are, uh, actually I don't have any more uh, analogies at all. No. Okay. I know where I was going with this. So like over the last year, I think once people, for me, once I truly embrace what, um, what death is and what that really means, life is just so much more better. It's just so much better in terms of like, I've never experienced a death experience. Knock on, knock on wood. I've never experienced a near death experience. I've talked to other people who've experienced near death, near death experiences, but also with COVID and then people, uh, passing away due to COVID. Um, and then also like my parents are high risk. And so like me in my head, like, damn, like what if this silent killer just takes them one day? Like I, 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 nobody's going to know because you you don't see it coming. Once I truly embraced and understood what life and death is, it's just like life is just so much better. Like I'm a lot more forward, um, a lot more honest. Um, I, again, I know what I want. And I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to do what I want when I want and with whoever wants to come with me. That's just, that's, that's my mentality, how it is right now. Even with acting and auditions and stuff, I used to, we can get into it. I used to be terrified. I never like, again, I never liked expressing myself, never, ever liked expressing myself, especially in a form where like I have to, in a way I have to be judged by someone else of my craft if that makes sense. Like me going into audition, these are the, 
these are the choices that I made. These are the selections I made. Now I have to go and act it out. They have to approve it. Uh, well, if it's good or not, they either can say, I mean, I've gotten the first two lines. Have a nice day. Have a good one. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's like, okay, great. Have a good day. You know what I mean? And then also walking away with that and learning how to understand and deal with rejection as well. That's a, that. And also that's a whole nother conversation too, but. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, the second part of this interview is going to be fire just because you get to talk about acting and how adversity and all rejection hits. Oh, yeah. uh, last question for this first part though, mm-hmm. your philosophy on life has changed a bunch over the years. As of right now, as of today, as of February 19th, what is your philosophy on life? Um, move righteously. And, um, and what I mean by that move forward righteously, meaning that everything I do is because I want to do it and that it's, um, it's coming from a true spot. There's no faking. There's no lies. There's no, I'm doing it because I, I want to do this. And um, that's mainly what it is because I, I just, I, something that I've learned with acting is just operating from a true self, like from a true place in your heart. Um, again, life is just so much easier. Like if there was a, if I'm at the gym, right. And there's this girl that's bad as hell, right. <laughs> Maybe not a gym because it's difficult approaching a gym at a grocery store. I believe I deserve this i deserve i deserve to be with someone who is beautiful because i understand my value i know i'm dope as hell you know i'm a good dude i'm empathetic you know i'm i'm credible and ominous i'm honest i'm all these things that's my value what i see myself as if they don't see it as someone that if they don't see me as a value person because of things i i present to you that's on them that's cool that's great thank thank you for telling me the truth. Now I don't have to waste my time and I can go somewhere else. You know what I mean? It, it's it, that uh, same principle applies to just about anything else. Like if someone, a job interview, if someone to go on a job interview, you go, if you go in believing that you don't deserve this job, best believe the person on the other side or the people on the other side will feel that. And they will get that as well. This person has no value in this. They, 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 they don't have any value in this. So I don't want this person. You walk in having value believing that you are a valuable person and that you deserve this job. And they're lucky. The fact that you're the one that's coming, you know, that, that, that to have you 10 times, nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10, they, it will help so much more than walking in um, non-confident. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's something with confidence. There's nothing, I'm, I'm straight up. There's nothing more attractive than someone that is confident or someone that's really passionate about something, you know? Um, even when like you hear your friend or you talk, whoever you're dating, their most, in my opinion, their most attractive self is when they're talking about something that's very passionate. And that's very, it's something that they know because it's not the topic that they're talking about. It's how they feel about the topic is what makes it attract and makes them more attractive. You know what I mean? Um, and also I study, I mean, during the quarantine and I study a lot of human behavioral psychology. So that's, that's also interesting as well. But um yeah, I think for me, moving right, righteously, moving honestly, um, having believing in the fact that I have value and I have something to bring to the table. Um, and from, since then, since I've adopted that mentality and also having gratitude, like that's very that's re, that's very important. Understanding that things that I have now, I'm very 
thankful for because there's a lot of people in the world that just don't have what I have now. Just the fact that I can speak, there are people who can't speak. You know what I mean? The fact that I have two working eyes, people who don't, I, I can walk, I can, um, I can drive a car, people who never even driven cars, you know? The fact that I can go to the beach. There are people in LA who have never been to the beach and that's hard to think about. You know what I mean? There's, they've never seen the beach or never seen snow. Just having, just having gratitude and embracing that and just moving righteously. That's, that's pretty much me. Wow. There's a lot of key takeaways there. Awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, but when we return, Jeremiah is going to dive deep into his acting journey. Yay. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning back in. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the first part and in the intro, Jeremiah is an actor now. He's a football player turned actor. So Jeremiah, what was that all about? How did you go from college football player to sales rep to actor? So how it started um, is something that I fell into. Um, and what I mean by that is after I got laid off, fired, whatever word you want to use, after I got laid off, um, I was in this weird limbo, or is it limbo? Uh, w- weird state where I was like, well, what, again, I just still haven't figured out what the, who the hell I am. I have to find something that fills this void because I just feel like my life is, this is not where I want it to be. Um, so then my dad sends me a flyer for some, um, some work for like football work uh, for young Sheldon. Right. Um, so I was like, okay. He was like, Hey, like, if you like it, great. If you don't, great. It's just, you know, just a job. So I go. Uh, it was for Young Sheldon. Um, episodes already passed. Um, so the reason why I say that is because, like, sometimes you can't speak about the episode and everything until, like, it's shown and everything is shown. So, because otherwise I can get sued for it, which is insane. <laughs> like, supposedly, like, side note, so supposedly this guy was sued over like a million dollars because he opened his mouth about um, a movie. I think it was a Transformers or something like that. Um, But anyway, uh, so showed up on set. Funny thing is, so they had me suit up full football helmet down. Um, Actually met a few people that um, I used to play football with, which was pretty cool. Um, But went there it was all day kind of thing. Uh, they had us do drills and, you know, you meet, sometimes you meet the actors, sometimes you don't take direction, never really been on set before either. Um, so that alone, that's, that's all. You gotta understand the lingo and how things work. Um, finished that. I was like, Oh, okay. That was, that was pretty fun. Oh, yeah, that that's pretty cool. But I'm like, eh, I don't really know. I don't like expressing myself again. Right. I don't like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm a private dude. I don't want to be, you know, there's no, you know, reason or whatever. So then I, uh, maybe a month, a week later, I don't remember when, but, uh, it was around the time I was during the Super Bowl. It was the, the Patriots versus the Eagles, right? Um, yeah. Patriots of the Eagles. So I was, um, I went to the barbershop, go to get a haircut and I was talking to this guy and very small talk. We we're talking about football and Eagle, you know, the whole thing. And then he started to kind of reveal who he was. And he's like, yeah, I, I got into background acting. I got into acting. You should totally do it, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I'm like, damn, like the universe is just telling me that I should, I just met this random dude and he's telling me that, you know, he's, that's what he's doing. And I should, 
uh, considered doing it as well. And then I go to get my hair cut and the, my, for my barber and the barber was like, dude, what did you tell that guy? And I was like, nothing. We we're just talking about football. He's like, I'm going to be straight up with you. He does not speak to anybody when he comes in here. He doesn't talk to anybody. Um, he's usually quiet. If I, if he speaks, he usually speaks to me, but he talks to nobody. Right. And uh, I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign. Let's, let's just do it. So then I got into it. And then I started with background work, which I highly recommend anybody to do it just because it's a lot of fun. You get to see how everything works behind the scenes. And, and it's, it's, really, it's a really cool experience. Um, what is background work real fast? But it's like background acting. So like okay. the people that you see in the back walking and stuff like that. Oh, okay. um, so if like they, for example, if this was a scene, if we, I don't know, say if like you were at a subway or something, they'll have people in the back say, all right, walk now. And you see the people in the back walking or they'll have a conversation, you know, the it, mm-hmm. it, background work, it, it background act, it, it creates the ambiance for the, 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 for the for the scene or the the movie so um so started with that that's then i fell into it um and then i did that for about a year and i was like, okay let me see so like, let me see if i really want to do this let's give this a shot did it and i was like, okay i'm gonna do it so my deciding factor of me like me doing it was me taking an acting class and legitimately doing it so i signed up for an acting class or and uh Signed up for in uh, in LA, and dog uh, first day. Oh my god! So the first day, <laughs> I'm such a fool. First day, come in, meet the teacher, me and her talk. Great, loved her. Uh, still love her. She's awesome. Um, her name is Iris. Love her. Sat down. People start coming in. You know, saying hi to people, meeting people. You know, whatever. Um, and. Um, she's okay we're gonna get started blah 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 here's the exercise repeating exercise is a this is the exercise um this is what we're gonna do blah blah blah. and then this girl walks in and i turn and i was like damn i was like she's bad as fuck right i was like damn i was like this is it right here baby let's go this is this is it you you here for a reason universe (laughs) is you're supposed to be here she sits down in the back it's okay whatever so she says, do you have any, any, any volunteers? I was like, I'll do it again. That's me saying, look, I got to get, I got to do this. You know, I got to get over this, uh, this fear. Cause the longer you allow your fear to, um, that hesitation, it, the, it, the harder it is. It's kind of like the, you know, law of inertia kind of thing. If you allow it to, if you don't do anything about it, it's just going to keep going. It's going to keep building and building and building and building. So for me, for me, if I really want to get over something, I just, just do it. Just boom, me, I'm up, go up. And I sit down and I sit down, I'm waiting. So then she calls the girl that walks in and I'm like, am I, I have to keep outside. I have to keep it together. Right. Everything has to be like, I'm good. Don't smile. You good. Just, you know, a little faint smile, but don't act like you happy. Right. Kind of thing. So so the little kid in me is like, yeah. <laughs> you know, just super excited. So she sits down and we're, uh, we're talking and um, we're talking. And so we start the, 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 the activity and dog, I've, oh my God. so the room is dark, light shining on both of us. And n- I've never been, I'm on stage. 
never been in a situation like that, never been on stage, light shining on me. Then the anxiety starts to build up. And I'm like, oh, shit, right? I'm like, fuck, this is, I don't, I'm, I'm like stuttering. Stuff is coming out of my mouth. Like, I, 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 you know, I just don't, and like, she's, she's beautiful. So it's like, I'm just in a very vulnerable, embarrassing uh, moment. Um, but again, that was in my, that was in my body. Out here, stone cold. You wouldn't tell the difference, right? And then, man, then she started to call out every, I want to say every emotion that I was feeling at the time. And I was just like, oh shit, I feel so naked right now. How can you see, you know, how can you see me kind of thing? How do you know? How can you tell how I'm feeling? Again, like I said, stone cold out here until she started to, to name everything. Like I want us to name every emotion, how I was feeling. And then, oh God, it was so embarrassing. But after that, had a great opportunity. I mean, not great opportunity, but great six weeks of uh, very intense training. And I really like started to like, I really enjoy this. Like I really, and that's when the whole idea of gratitude also really came into play and like me really understanding it, uh, being present, which is also extremely important because that's something that's applicable to anything. You can apply that to anything that you do because being present, if you're not, if you're thinking about other things, the future, um, the past, you know, you're taking yourself away from the, um, from the moment with the moment to moment that you have with somebody else. Um, that's again, that's just, that's not an acting thing. That's, that's a life, that's a life skill. And something that I've really learned, um, also learned that meditation is very important as well. So I do that often, um, which is for anyone that's trying to get into it. It's uh, look, I, I've been there. It's not easy. I, you know, when I first started, I wanted just after like 30 seconds, I want to pick up my phone. I want to find something that's distracting, but you just have to learn how to just be with and just be there, you know, and it takes, it takes a minute, but start with five. Then once you feel comfortable with five, go to 10 and then just go from there. Same thing. But anyway, what I've learned from acting so far is that acting is life. It's a lot of stuff that you see, at least from, from my point of view, I think I feel like other people can, um, agree the difference between someone who is a really good actor and someone who is not is we know when someone is fake you know what i mean we know when someone is not being honest like we know it even that even that like hunch it's like i don't know about this dude man just something about him is just not it's the same thing it works the same thing with acting you know when there's a good actor because it's real. It looks real. It feels real against someone who is just acting. There is a difference, a slight difference. And for, for me, that's just my opinion. Um, so, it's, so overall, acting is something I fell into. It's not something that, for obvious reasons, I mean, I don't care. To, I didn't want to express myself. It's not something that I wanted to get into until I fell into it and then kind of just allow this life to just take its course kind of thing very cool it is interesting how somebody who didn't like to express themselves is in a business that is full of expression Mm -hmm. so would you say that being in that business kind of accelerated your growth in terms of emotional stability and emotion being able to express yourself 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Because, and I don't want to say you're forced to do it, but you are in a way kind of you're forced to do it because sometimes a scene may call for, call for some sort of emotional reaction, you know? And um, even then it's like, you, how can I say it? You're supposed to work through your feelings kind of thing. You're supposed to, um, you're not like, oh, I'm supposed to be mad at this part kind of thing. It's just, you just going through how you feel. And depending on uh, your specifics, how much work is a, a lot of, a lot of acting comes from um, how much work you put into the script before you actually do it, you know, doing some research, uh, reading it line by line. What is this person trying to gain out of the scene? What's the goal for this person? What is this, what's the purpose of the scene and why does it, um, and understanding what the director wants as well. Um, It's, it's, it's something, man. It's something special, but it's something I really like. I I dig and I enjoy. And also, it's a challenge. And it's a life learning thing. It's it's. And I'm really big on self development as well. And this is a great uh, profession that forces you to self develop. Everything that you do, like your your success, depends on self development and how much you are willing to put into yourself. What steps have you taken to further develop yourself? Um. Well, for one, understanding what, again, what empathy is and understanding how somebody else feels. Um, so practicing gratitude, that's another, it, it's like, it's weird, but uh, practicing gratitude, um, listening is very important. Um, like I said, a lot of the skills that I learn in acting, it comes from just life, you know, things that I've, we, we've already been doing. It's just now you're just defining and tweaking it. Um, but listening is very important um, as opposed to listening to try and respond. You're listening to gain an understanding. And I feel like a, a lot of people don't in life. They just don't understand that either. People are so quick to just talk rather than just listening to what somebody else has to say. Um, let's see. Listening, um, speaking, um, I mean, for me, I think those are those those are the biggest ones for me. Um, I would say. What is the hardest emotion for you to portray on screen? What's the easiest? Um, I want to say the hardest is uh, I don't I don't I don't know if there's an easy one just yet. In a way, kind of happiness um, is the hardest. In a way, from it's it's weird, but like, <sighs> no being sad for sure like getting to the point where you feel like you need to this very ah damn that's now think about it i mean they're all in my opinion they're at least for they're they're difficult for me um because i mean i can put a smile on and appear to be happy but that i'm not i can just be i can just throw a mask on and act like i'm happy and that's not really real you know it's not really coming from a real spot i think oh man well let's come back to that one that's a for me that's that's a tough question to ask because even being happy is just if you do it the wrong way it's very fake you know Mm -hmm. what i mean someone who's acting like they're happy is just like it's almost annoying like like ill like get away from me you know you're just acting like you're happy um yeah let's let's come back to that one that's that's a I think about that one. I thought that was gonna be. I thought that was gonna be an easy question. That's not think about. It. It's kind of not. It's complex. 
It is it's a little complex. For me, it is. The kind of questions I ask is complex questions, yeah? Good. I love it. <laughs> uh, how would you describe your acting style? Because I know a lot of people have method acting where they draw upon stuff that they've had in the past that determines their emotion and how they portray themselves. How do you describe your own? Um, I was trained um, Meisner technique. Um, I maybe, I honestly haven't really dove, dived into anything else um, simply because I like what it's about. I like the fact that it's, I have to come from a real place and it's honest and it's truth. And it's just something that's very, um, that is me. Like I try to come from an honest and true place and I, I try not to fake things in life. Um, so I want to say Meisner is my specific, like that's, that's the one for me. Cause it's just, I don't know. It's just so natural and so real for me. It's, it's the most, it's very natural for me. So I haven't really like looked into other, other different techniques and styles. So would you say that people who had a plethora and a variety of different life experiences make better actors because they're allowed to draw on that stuff way more? I think people who are very aware of how they feel can be, I think they can be, I think they could be very successful. Um, I think part of being a successful actor um, for what I've, what I've seen, what I've been told, um, is it making it real for you? And that's, that's maybe from, okay, to back to the other question from an emotional standpoint, sure. It, it is difficult, but making something real for me, that's also very difficult because one side of my brain is like, yo, this is fake as fuck. You're like, this is fake. This is <laughs> what you're supposed to be happy. You know what I mean? But the other side is like, you need to find out how can I make this real for me? And that's when the homework comes in, doing the research, going through the lines. What is the, what is the, what are the characters trying to gain out of this scene? What is this director trying to get out of this scene? And asking those questions. Um, oh shit. What was the question? Sorry. I said, do you think that people who've had a variety of life experiences that yes. range from like super happy to super sad yep. make better actors. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think we're all actors. I mean, how many times a day would you, you go on to work, you have a shitty day, but you got to have a smile on your face. It's as simple as that, you know, or uh, a friend comes to you with some problems. You're not, you're having a shitty day yourself, but they come to you because they want to vent. And the amount of times that you have to kind of like, okay, I'll listen when you're not in a space to listen. You know, if you're acting, it's, 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 it's acting as life to, to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. I think you nailed it. You nailed it on the head earlier when you said that in order to be a good actor, it's just drawing on life experiences mm -hmm. because it is a microcosm of life. Mm -hmm. Everything is an exemplification of how life is supposed to be and how life it was, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've all, really cool. yeah, we've all experienced pretty, I want to say every emotion, possible to to an extent you know sure there's different levels to it because there are people who have experienced very traumatic um events and I, which i can't relate to what depending on the traumatic event it is i can't relate to that but we've all experienced emotion you know there's a, I, i'm sure there's a huge chart of different emotions we've experienced all of that to an extent you know so and it's all relative it's all relative yes yeah. So that's what makes life even more spectacular is the relativity. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to your acting though, what was your favorite set to be on and why? Uh, my favorite set to be on was the expanding universe of Ashley Garcia um, because the crew members were, they were dope. Like everyone was 
prof- for most part, I was professional. Um, yeah, everyone's professional. Um, the crew members are dope. The principal hero actors, they're all really good people. The producers, like everyone, it was just a like very good environment to be in and for people. And it also allowed people to just be, just be, just be themselves. Um, from what I've experienced that working on that set. And I worked on that set for like two to three months. Um, uh, Paulina, the main actress, she's great. Um, really, really good person. Very sweet in person. Um, Reed, uh, who plays a stick in the show, great kid. He's he's dog. If you if you watch that, is is he's not, from what I remember, he's never acted before. Um, at least I, I may or may not you may have told, but he did a phenomenal job. Um, and he was great. It's just that that was probably my favorite. Um, yeah, that was my favorite. What was your biggest one? Like, what do people? What set do you think people have seen the most of you in it? Euphoria. Euphoria. Yeah, because it's, I mean, that's HBO show. Um, Zendaya's in it. Um, you know, big time, big time actors and actresses are in it. It's been, and a lot of people have seen that show. So occasionally, even still, I mean, that show aired, I don't know, over a year ago or a year around that time. I don't know, over, over a year, like two years ago, I think. I don't know, long time ago. Um, and people still text me, screenshot, oh, hey, it's you. Is that you? <laughs> like, yeah, it's me. You know, so probably the most is that one. What was it like being on a big set like that for a big production versus a smaller one? Dog, insane. It's the money as being pumped into the HBO shows. It's, it's basically HBO show. So like, it's just money. It's, 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 oh God, I, for me, I think that's the biggest difference between a small production and a big production It's just the amount of money that's being pumped into it. Um, and you can tell just by, you know, whether or not they closed down or they bought, uh, or they rented houses or houses or uh, different complexes just to have people on it. The amount of people that they hire that day, and then also think about the actors that they hired as well that to be on that show, you know, like, hey, Zendaya, she's, everyone knows her. I'm sure there was some money that was dropped just to get her on the show. You know what I mean? So that was the biggest difference was, uh, was the money. What is your long-term plan of acting? I want to do this for as long as I can, man. Like I, it's, it's, it's a profession that, one, I have a good amount of freedom to kind of do what I want in, in a sense. Two, um, I can be whoever I want to be. You know, if I wanted to be uh, a crackhead, I could be a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to be, uh, I don't know, a, 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 a a bus driver i can do that i can be anything i want to be um so i want to do as long as long as long as i can and it's also it's not it is the dependent uh, age does play a factor but it's not like football where like you kind of have like till you're like your early 30s till you really start to to like go downhill granted there are some unicorns to rule we got brady we got uh, uh, Rogers, Drew, you know, I mean, all these uh, Ray Lewis played for a number of years. 
I think like 16 plus years, you know, there's yeah. unicorns to every rule, but with acting, it's like, it's, and there's just so much you can do with it uh, within the entertainment industry. I can continue to act. I could also work behind the camera as well and really focus on cinematography. If I wanted to be a producer, I got to have money to do it, but I can do that. If I want to be going to directing, I can do that. It's all within the same like playing, you know what I mean? So it's, mm -hmm. it's really a field that allows me to do whatever I want. Um, so I want to do it as long as I can. And um, hopefully, you know, hopefully it, it turns into this, I don't know, just I hope it turns something big. That's that's I think that's the goal of everybody. Everybody wants to be be at the top of their top of their game, top of their profession. I think that's the goal of everyone. So that's no different from mine. I've always been an ambitious person, which is part of the reason why I want to do acting as well, because it's the 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 sky's the limit with it. You know, mm -hmm. and there's again, there's so much I can do in it that it's just that's very attractive to me. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned how having you want your first big break to come. Mm -hmm. I feel like that'll kind of come the same way that acting came into it. It'll just fall in your lap, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is there any preparation that you have to do before that happens? Or are you just going to take every single opportunity you can, hoping that that's your big break? Um, I think it's more so taking out every opportunity you can because it's a learning, it's a learning curve. It's is you got to learn. You got to learn how to be a professional as well how to um also work your creative muscles as too um there's a lot that goes into it and uh, i feel like a lot of people don't really understand it so hopefully i can shed some light but there's a lot that goes into it um you know a lot of these people that you see on tv they all started somewhere everyone starts somewhere everyone started as a novice at some point the difference between the people who've made it or quote unquote made it who are big time celebrities and people who are not um, one is opportunity. Opportunity is a very, very big thing um, because there's a lot of people, something that I've learned trying out for professional sports. And I'm also learning now there are a lot of really talented people, really, really talented people that nobody knows about. It's like the same thing. If someone sent you um, Spotify, sent you a musician or an artist that you've never heard of, but they're it's straight they, they just produce straight fire never heard of them but they're not big you know what i mean it's the same thing opportunity craft um also life is relationships too you know nobody wants to work with somebody that they don't like nobody wants to work with someone that is um not accountable that's not professional that shows up late um they don't know their lines they don't know how to do their work nobody wants that so that also plays a factor in it as well so um yeah. Good answer. Uh, what are you working on now? Uh, now, currently nothing. Um, since COVID, it has been very difficult for a lot of uh, entertainers in general, not just me, even, even big time entertainers, the people that you see on TV. Sure, they have money, but at the same time, it's like they may only work a movie in January and won't work for the entire year. That's legit. Yeah, that's like that. That's real. That's legit. Um, so now it's I def I went back into uh, background for from money purposes because it's it does pay pretty pretty well if you get consistent work. Um, but also, I really got into photography, which is dope, um, and learning what it's what it's like to be behind the camera, which is something that 
um, helps as well. Lighting, just all the, the stuff behind the camera, I've really started to learn. Um, but uh, I mean, then just staying healthy, making sure that I'm ready whenever available. Um, Cause I know there's like a few, there's an audition. I got a self tape. I got to do within the next, I say week um, that I have to turn in, but I mean, that's pretty much, pretty much it. I'm just being and just continue to try and learn, which is why cinematography, I really focused on being behind the camera, not saying I want to be behind the camera, but just understanding everything, everything that goes on into a scene. Cause a scene is just moment by moment. And um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to gauge as much knowledge as I can. That's awesome. Uh, we're kind of ending the, end of this interview here so i really thank you for your time and i appreciate you oh thank you for asking yeah um what is one key takeaway we want people to take from this oh man um know your value value if you don't know what your value is then it's something that you need to really sit down and think about uh move righteously uh move honestly move truthful um be in a good space uh, and also just be empathetic and understand and listen to people. Um, try not to just, just, just listen, just listen to what they're trying to say, because even words are one, that's one form of communication. Then there's like the underlying message of what they're trying to say. You know what I mean? And just really listening, observing and being present in the moment with that person as well. Life is relationships you're going to be doing dealing with relationships for the rest of your life whether if it's short whether if it's long whether if it's business whether it's for fun it doesn't matter relationships are important um and just i don't just be dope go do what you want to do you know and uh, i'm not to the point where you just you're mistreating other people because that's 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 a pet peeve of mine is like yeah i'm gonna do what the fuck i want to do i don't give a fuck what nobody says but at the same time excuse my language but at the same time they're mistreating they're just mistreating people and like you know what i mean they're just stepping over people and be like well i'm gonna do what i want i don't care how you feel you know what I, mean? I get that absolutely to an extent i don't really care what other people feel too but not in the expense of mistreating somebody else mistreating a neighbor or a brother or the, the, even the waiter you know what i mean it's just like I've, I've waited tables. I worked at a bar. So it's just like, I've seen people mistreat others. I've been mistreated. It's just like, it's whatever. But, but yeah, so I'd say that those are the things that I think people should take away because I, if you haven't done it yet, learn how to meditate as well. It, it's gotten me through a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, you learn a lot about yourself. So. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, there, I know. You said take away <laughs> one thing. And then I just thought of, everything else just yeah, my hey it's good because at the end of this interview people will look back at it and be like yo yeah i remember him talking about this this and this mm-hmm. and you've talked about every single one of those to a great degree mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now it's affected your life and that's phenomenal and fantastic thank you man i appreciate you of course appreciate you where can people find you uh let's see um well i have an ig underscore underscore k-i-b-b-s kids um I used, I think me, me and you've talked about it. I used to do streaming, but I don't, I don't, I'll maybe, maybe at some point I'll pick it up again. I used to do stream gaming or whatever on Twitch. Uh, but IG underscore underscore Kibbs. And then also my photography page is my collective view, but the, the Y in my is I. So if you like some work, 
please follow. It's it's a fun hobby that I'm doing. It's uh, also allows me to be out and you know converse with people. And you know, my idea is just try to capture people in their most confident self. You know what I mean? So um, in their their best self. You know, I want people to just do everything that they want to do. There's enough food for everyone to eat, and um, I think that everyone can be successful in whatever they do. So, wow. Once again, spitting more knowledge, man. I love it. <laughs> Jeremiah, thank no you problem. for your time, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, good luck with acting and everything. Thank you. I appreciate also it. fantasy football because you're bad at fantasy football. I know, man. I, Doc, one of the episodes you guys were talking about, was it trading? Um, he was like, I was down. I needed to win four games to get in and blah, 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 blah. Doc, the last four games – I lost. I was in the lead all year. Last four games didn't make the play. I was so heated. <laughs> that happens to you every single year. Every, every year. year. It's the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I think in the six years we've had fantasy football, you haven't made the playoffs once. Nope. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's literally the same story every single year. In my other fantasies, I'm winning. Except for like one of them. But this one, I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> That's tough, man. Hey, good luck next year. Hopefully, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, better than your acting career. Yeah, I appreciate you know. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. <laughs> appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Bye. All right, guys. That wraps up episode six of Let's Talk About Life. Hope you guys learned a lot. Hope you guys took a lot from it. It was a fun story to hear. If you guys want to support Jeremiah, like he said, go ahead and check out his IMDB page or follow him on Instagram. Or if you want to support his photography, you want to get any work done, um, that way, go ahead and support his My Collective Review on Instagram. Remember, the Y is actually an I in my, so it ends up being Me Collective Review. has a little Spanish flair to it. It's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, if you guys really enjoyed that, please send it to your friends, send it to your family. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, find us on Anchor, too. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Whatever you guys want to do, that'd be fantastic. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next week.